I have heard requests of some follow-through messages on the last two messages. The first one, was, the other message was about marriage, and last week was about sex with a biblical perspective. And um, I have received a few messages that I should still stick on theme, so allow me to get back to the theme. The theme for today is intimacy in in marriage. Now, if you are married, this will definitely be useful for you. If you are not yet married, but still hoping to get married, this will still be very, very useful for you. Because God's word applies to everyone. And if it is not, don't, if you don't think that it is relevant for you anymore, because you are gifted by what is popularly called as celibacy, or single blessedness. I prefer single blessedness, right? If this, you think this does not apply to you, well, you can still use it to share to others who may seek prayer from you or counsel from you or seek direction where to go in Scripture. Intimacy in marriage. The first chapters of Genesis, especially chapter 2, show us divine principles for intimacy in marriage. When Adam saw God's gift, he said, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He called her woman, for she came from man. Adam exhibited a strong sense of belonging and appreciation. Now, isn't that a wonderful phrase? Man, woman. Because she came from man. Of course, other translate, all after that, all men went through women, right? So that's why there's another uh, use of that etymology. So I've heard so many humors and debate. So one of my professors in UP Los Banos, definitely a chauvinist, uh, definitely loves gender inequality, said, uh, you see, without the man, you are only a woo. And if Without the male, you're only a fee. And of course, my classmates who were ladies would not take it, and there would be a debate in class. All he wanted was a discussion, because many students don't go to class to discuss. They just go it past the time and go to the next class. So he just loved to trigger the, these discussions. I heard somebody said, I think, because he preaches, but I'm not sure if he has a wonderful married life, he said, when God, God created man, and then God created woe man. <laughs> the word woe in the Bible means destruction. So,
One flesh, purify the mind so that it's only the other person that you see and God. That is beautiful. And uh, yes, God can redeem our minds and our emotions. And that is wonderful. That is a beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. However, the fall of man made it harder to have intimacy in marriage. It's harder because of sin. Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. We cannot go back to the garden, but our dark souls may be saved through Christ. When Christ transforms us, our marriages will improve. I do believe in that. Because I do believe in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to transform a heart. How else would we, these, all these testimonies we hear, drug addict, drunkard, even a wife beater meets Christ, suddenly a sudden turnaround. Where does that come from? Man cannot just do that. Psychiatrists would applaud it. Wow, these things happen. Yes, they do. But they are not isolated. It happens so many times. The power of the transformative power of the gospel is real. The Holy Spirit is real. Where one time somebody addicted to something sinful, but surrenders to Christ, truly surrenders to Christ, something happens within him that immediately the next day, there was no appetite for this addiction. It's not normal, but it does happen. For some of us, we think transformation is always slow. I'd like to say to you, yes, that sometimes it is slow. But there were many times as well that it happens in an instant. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. In just an instant. I never cared about the Word of God. But the moment I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, a season, a week, suddenly, when I opened the Bible, suddenly... It was different. I was looking with different eyes. Suddenly there was a hunger I never experienced before. A hunger. A real hunger. It meant what happened to me was I stayed in the room, read the Bible through and through. My parents were concerned and worried what was happening to me. I was just saying it's just beautiful. It's just wonderful. I never saw that before. We discussed this in class. I've tried reading it. So I do believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to change. If you're struggling with something, you can come to him in prayer, even fasting, and say, Lord, I want this change. I want this sudden change as well. And he can do it because he is not limited. We are expelled from the garden. No ideal situation now, but through Christ, by his transformative power within us, by the grace of God, we are saved. And by the grace of God, we are transformed. There are two different things. We are saved suddenly when we come to the Lord by faith. Then we are transformed as we live this life. In some areas of our lives, it might take time. In some areas, it might be faster. But one thing you'll know, it's real. It's real. He changes us. And God can change us for the better. And that is a good thing, don't you think so? So my friends, don't say there is no hope for us. Don't say there is no hope for your spouse. Don't say there is no hope for your father or mother or brother, sister, children. 
trust God because God can give them a moment, even just a moment, and suddenly change can happen by the grace of God. Christ saves our souls and transforms our character. Can you say character? Character. Character. It changes our character. Good character is key to create an atmosphere of belonging between husband and wife. Good character. Being patient, being kind, saying the right words. That is important. Self-control is a good character is necessary to create this atmosphere that we belong to one another. And this person is the most important person for me. That doesn't just happen, especially in the world we live in where husband and wife seems to be a priority just during the honeymoon. Then after that, it is now a decline of relationship. I read this funny part of a book that I was reading on marriage. I love research ever since I was young. I'm still in research, but one of the things I research are practical stuff, like what happens when people get married? That was a research of mine. I did personal interviews to many couples when I was 15, 16, and 17, and 18. I interviewed a lot, and I have learned a lot. Aside from interviewing, I read books. So there was this funny part. Well, it's funny, it's real, but it's also sad. Where at the start, man would be such a gentleman, right? Such a gentleman. They will open the door even of the car and even walk to the car and say, you stay here, honey. I'll get the car so you don't have to, to, to uh, be under the sun. He takes the car, takes the effort so she doesn't get under the sun. Such, such, such a uh, chivalrous man, right? Amazing. Chivalry is not dead, they say. And it's very much alive during the honeymoon. We do a lot of things to be gentlemen, but after a while, it sort of gets lost somewhere once they would say honey let's walk the longer way it's it's fine or let me carry you a bit so you don't walk through this puddle of mud or 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 here here let me arrange this wood so you can step on it so your feet don't get wet amazing right after seven years it goes like this honey jump you can do it That's why, ladies, that's a warning. Be athletic as you are in marriage. (laughs) Uh, My my wife and I had this rule so that I don't forget that in the home, she does her best to serve me, to bring, if I need coffee, I usually make my own coffee, but if if she's available, she'll make the coffee, she'll do it for me, and even make sure that there's food. But when we're outside outside, in public, in restaurants. I will be the one to order. I will be the one to call the waiter. I'll be the one to to get the water for her. I'll be the one to serve her as a gentleman outside. Just to remind me, 
Of course, sometimes I forget, and then she reminds me, we're outside, okay? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> then I remind her, we're in the house, okay? <laughs> uh, sometimes it's good to have reminders or personal rules so that you remember why the business of life and children come, and you're more concerned about taking care of the children that they don't uh, meet an accident or they do not poke their fingers in the socket, right? Uh, and they don't suddenly dial your phone. You know, I've got phones ringing and I hear baby voices, all right? <laughs> because uh, kids are left around. But because of that, we tend to forget that, oh, I have a wife or I have a husband. We should always remind ourselves Good character is key to create an atmosphere of belonging between husband and wife. The Christ in us molds us in his image. Genesis 1 states that we are in the image of God. All men are in the image of God, male and female. But in the New Testament, in Christ, there's another kind of image. The image of Christ, God from the Old Testament, and now the image of Christ. And that is necessary as well. Image of God, image of Christ. Romans 8 says that we are being conformed to his image, being transformed into his image, and we want that. The image of God, the amazing creative power of God that he has given us on earth that we can use. If you want to be intelligent, it's a matter of focusing yourself on a certain subject. It's a matter of focusing yourself on something that you will, you will study or develop your skills through time, and you can do that. But the image of Christ is another thing. It is necessary that we accept the grace of God through repentance and faith, that we live it out, we worship Him, honor Him. Therefore, we live the union of Christ and His church in our daily lives. What does that mean? In Ephesians 5, there was a model given there by the Apostle Paul, where Christ loves His church. Christ loves His church in such a way that He sacrificed Himself for the church, save the church, redeem the church, and then... The picture of the church being white, spotless, and no wrinkles, meaning pure and chaste. And saying that, that this is a mystery, but I am speaking about Christ in the church, but I am also speaking about husbands and wives. Meaning husbands, the standard to live out the union of Christ in the church in our marriage is we have a sacrificial kind of love for our wives. We are willing to die for our wives, sacrifice for our wives. Secure her as Christ secured through redemption. And that wives should respect the husband, it says in Ephesians 5. Can somebody say respect? What if he does something wrong? Yes, you still have to respect and pray that God convicts him. Marriage should fulfill God's mandate. This was the message two Sundays ago. To multiply and take care of the earth. And marriage, the highest form of human relationship, should be strengthened with the right attitude, right words right actions, and right behavior. What is right? Find what's in the Bible. Find what's in the Bible. Do you know the Bible says a soft anger turns away, a soft word turns away anger? It's in the Bible, Proverbs 15. A soft answer turns away anger. So sometimes if one is upset, find a very low voice, time it well. Okay, as you say, there was this 
brother I know, he said he knows how to end the argument quickly. I said, how do you do it? I just said, okay, honey, you're right. And she doesn't have anything else to say because he already admitted. So I can peacefully eat my soup now, okay? Uh, You're amazing. (laughs) It's in the Bible. The right words are in the Bible. We just have to say, Lord, guide us. Lord, guide me. As I read the scriptures, allow me to fulfill your word. But most especially with my spouse. The thing about marriage relationships, it's the most transparent as well. Because they, no, I don't, I'm not saying that in marriage there are no secrets. Uh, There are secrets sometimes. And uh, however, it's still the most transparent. Because it is observation. It is observation. We observe our spouse. We see it every day, almost every day. And the more we observe, the more we can say that, that uh, we get to know them more. Well, if, if you're not observant, then you can begin being observant. Then we have to speak well. Speak well of our relationship. So please do not gossip your husband to other women. If you have prayer groups in church, you have to have the right spirit in saying, we want to grow, pray for us in this aspect. And if you, have, you think you have a good relationship, please do not be judgmental of others. Because we all go through difficulties. It's just that they have a different kind of difficulty. So we do not look down on others as well. Remember, we are only saved by grace. So we don't never come to the point, oh, my marriage is excellent. How about yours? No, no, please. That that, that is not being Christian. That is being a Pharisee. And don't fall into the trap of being Pharisaical just because you obeyed for a while. Instead, we humbly say, like what Galatians said, to those who stand, take heed lest you fall. Meaning, no matter how strong you think you are, it's still possible that you might go through what they're going through right now. You hear me? So, we just listen and we pray. You're so quiet. Are you reflective or, uh, or, or you're, 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 am, am I getting through to you? Am I getting through? Okay. A brother said to me, and it, it was, you know, during your message, Pastor, and it's a wonderful statement. Tinamaan talaga po, Pastor, during your message. Yes, it was from the Lord, but also the elbow of my wife. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, tinamaan ako pareho. But it goes both ways. It goes both ways. That's why do not look down on your husband or your wife. Do not focus on their blemishes because we have our own. Unless you are perfect, but nobody is. And we do not cast the first stone. We do not even, should not even cast the first word. How do we get through it? You talk, you listen humbly. You speak humbly, you listen humbly. And that takes a lifetime to learn. We're outside the garden. But in Christ, nothing is impossible. Number three, remove the weeds. 
What are the weeds? Disruptors of intimacy. A partial list would be neglect because of the busyness of life, too much responsibilities that you neglect time with your wife. Please make an announcement. On Friday night, let's go on a date. Announce it, please. Because if you don't announce it, it won't register in her mind that it's a date. But you announce it. It's specially for you. No kids. Just you. Just for you. No kids, no nothing. Just you and me. And enjoy it. If you're not good at conversation, gentlemen, go for a movie, right? Because you don't have to talk. <laughs> not all men are gifted with talking. Please be patient with us. But you see, after the movie, you have something to talk about. Go to the Bible thing, uh, the Bible reading. When we started that, we finished almost the whole Bible. But we started Sunday or Monday. Through the Holy Week, oh boy. People were bringing pillows here and, and, and sleeping bags at the sides because, oh, I've read that book. I sleep for a while. Then tell somebody, wake me up when we're at this book. Then they wake up again. They get open their Bible. They follow. The simple thing is know the whole counsel of God. Read the whole counsel of God. The goal is not to understand every word in Bible reading. The goal is just to read, to have a grasp of the whole thing. Uh, but this time it's only two days. I'm not sure what we will read would it be the major prophets or minor prophets? I'm not sure. Then after that, have a date. At least you have something to talk about. Remove the weeds. Neglect is a weed. Do not neglect one another. Aside from neglect, nagging. Please. Nagging doesn't work on men. They don't change. And if ever they do change, it's just on the surface. They're not going to mean it. Because we have a way to, you know what antibodies are to those studying medicine, biology? Antibodies, okay? Uh, you've seen so many people drink from the tap water and they don't die, right? They've developed antibodies. But you see somebody always drinking purified water, go to the country, drink the water from the, drink, uh, what's it, spring water. What is spring water? Galing sa poso, that's spring water, okay? Galing sa balon or galing sa bukal. Then they get sick because they were into purified water so much that their bodies did not develop the antibodies yet. Ladies, men develop antibodies for nagging. We hear you, but we're not listening anymore. We're entertaining ourselves with something else. And you just keep talking there and talking. We're just trying to remember the last movie we watched. Uh, we're just trying to remember something else. That's an antibody, so it doesn't affect us anymore. So it, it doesn't really work. What's the replacement? Uh, prayer is one. And find a way to do honest conversation. That can do. But repeating something again and again and again, and hopefully we get it. We might get it, but my, our hearts will not be there. So I thank God that I don't have a wife who nags me. And all the men say, oh, nice and soft, <laughs> nice and soft. Being careful, huh? <laughs> Treading on dangerous ground, Pastor Ed. <laughs> Sometimes men don't want to go home because they just 
don't want to hear the nagging. That's one of the reasons. So they spend more time with friends because their friends don't nag them. Their friends, what do their friends do? A little good thing. You're the man. You're the man. Ooh, ikaw na. That's what friends do. And they feel good. Yeah, I'm the man. Uh, and uh, he goes home. He's no longer the man, right? He's the problem when he goes home. With his friends, he's the man. I'm the man. huh? So... Uh, ladies, make him feel he's the man most of the time so you can correct him sometimes. Uh, you know, the principle of, of uh, the emotional bank, it works both ways. Husbands to wives, wives to husbands. What's the emotional bank? If you make somebody feel good emotionally, like appreciation, thank you, honey, that's wonderful. Good work, son. You're depositing in the emotional bank. Every time you miss something, you forget something, you do something wrong, you withdraw from the emotional bank. What happens if there are no funds and you write a check? A check will bounce. It's called an overdraft. And banks will charge you for that. Said silly thing about banks. You're charging me for something that isn't there. I can't pay you. You just saw there's no money there. So... It's an overdraft. That's why sometimes a lot of conflicts happen because we have not deposited enough. So our, before you found out your mistakes were easily forgiven because there was a lot of deposit in that bank. But then you have not been depositing. So remove the weeds, nagging, lack of spirituality. What the Bible says is what the Bible says. Please do not find excuses. On judgment day, what we did, right or wrong, we will face up to it. We will be accountable. Be spiritual. Make the Bible your anchor. Another is avoidance. We're avoiding each other. Avoiding that moment that it's just you and your spouse. You feel safe when the whole family is there all the time. At least we don't have to be personal. Oh. Always inviting everybody to avoid being personal. Please do not avoid one another. Another is insecurity. Because we are insecure, it leads to fear and it leads to worry and envy. That's why we have to find our security in Christ. If you're always comparing yourselves to others... You will be insecure. That's why, ladies, I, when you read these women's magazines, do not make that your standard. I have seen some of the models in person. That's part of my work before. I was a consultant, and we had to do advertising, and we needed to talk to, with models. Some of them are really good in picture, but in real life, they're skin and bones. Oh, no offense if you're a model please. So sometimes I would think, is she even a real person? Because it's so skinny. And that's the standard in the industry. Do not make them your models. Have, but have standards, please. 
still have standards of being presentable, please. But do not be insecure. Find it in Christ. And if you're not comfortable with yourself, do what you can control. Physical fitness is always good, right? Walk, exercise at home. Do not neglect that. Five minutes, ten minutes would be fine. Eat well, eat right. Stop the junk food. Stop the soft drinks. Enough. Then you say, why am I fat? You just drank a whole liter of Coke. You think it has no effect on you? Then you say, why am I fat? Lack of discipline can lead to insecurity. But then you have to trust your biology. It means if your body type is not that, don't force it because you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. We created a standard that is not biblical. And men, please do not make celebrities your standards. Oh, no, 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 no. The gentle and quiet spirit endures, 1 Peter 3. The inner beauty will endure. All skin will fade. All outer beauty will fade. But the gentle and quiet spirit, what is that? The undisturbed spirit. The spirit that does not worry easily. The spirit that has faith in God. The spirit that has courage, even though it's discouraging. That is the most important thing, gentlemen. Of course, do not marry somebody that you don't think is beautiful. Do not blame me for that. Pastor, I married her because of her inner beauty. Great. Is that the only thing you looked at? It has to be holistic, okay? It has to, but if you are only in one area, what I'm saying, don't just look at the outer. And ladies, just don't focus on the outside. It's really the soul. If your soul is attractive to God, I believe at the right time, in His will, in His way, the right man will come. Insecurity, fear, worry. Fear and worry. Always afraid. It's a disruptor of intimacy. I believe, gentlemen, we must be trustworthy. And our wives must learn to trust it as well. It, it works both ways. Amen? Pride, I'm always right and you're always wrong. That is pride. We should rather say, what does the Bible say? And both must be willing to say, I was wrong at a particular time. Forgive me. Ah, oh, yes. You mean Pastor Ed says sorry? We don't say sorry in our relationship. Sorry is for the weak. No, my friend, sorry is for the strong. You don't know how to say sorry? Then you are such an insecure person. So insecure. So afraid of building a facade of strength. No, the person who says, you're right, that time, my fault. I'll make up for it. That is strong. Envy, arrogance, hatred, a record of wrong. Mula nung pinakasalan kita, ganyang kana. Iba't nung pinakasalan. 
To those single, let me warn you. Some traits will never change, but some will. That's why I say to those I'm counseling, are you willing to embrace both the positive and the negative? Because some things will change, some things will improve, other things will not. They will just maintain that weakness. So there is no perfect man and there is no perfect woman. The record of wrong does not help. But please do not compile your record as well. Sexual deprivation. Using sex as a weapon. I will deprive you of sex because you forgot to bring me flowers. Childish, yes, but we use it as a weapon. If you use that as a weapon, it is not healthy. 1 Corinthians 7 says, Do not deprive one another except a time of prayer. And it says there, The man has no authority with his own body, and the woman has no authority with her own body. Who has the authority? It's a spouse. No, that doesn't mean you bully one another. You still have to talk and discuss, but you cannot deprive. Sometimes, because of that verse, me and my wife joke around with it. Hmm? Bakit? Akin yan? Okay, okay, okay. That's in the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's in the Bible. I cannot discuss the details with you because there are minors here. At another time, please do not miss, uh, miss the marriage encounter we will have. We will go into the nitty-gritty of the details. Won't you love that? Is this an awkward message for you? <laughs> I've been feeling the awkwardness, the lack of appreciation. If you lack, you believe your spouse lacks appreciation for you, you initiate. Don't wait. Don't wait for, for him or her to appreciate you before you appreciate the other person. Just be the appreciative person. And hopefully, hopefully your appreciation with crack will crack that, that barrier. You know what they say? Water can actually break rocks through time. Don't wait. Be the one to sow the seed and hopefully it grows. You appreciate how do you appreciate? Try to Google that. There's a lot of ways of appreciation. Appreciate everything that you can. Even if it's strange for you to appreciate, gentlemen, you have to try to get into the mind of the wife. Her mind, her, the woman's mind. Where do they usually need appreciation? If they took an effort, appreciate it. Whether it's the hair, and we get in trouble with the hair because it all looks the same to us, right? But when she ch changes her hair, you just have to say, wonderful, very nice hair, honey. Don't say the other hair was better than this one. Don't say that, you know. Uh, when she changes her hair again, that's the hair I'm looking for. But don't say that during the time she just cut her hair. Wrong time. Appreciate the effort of cooking. Take note, you don't have to lie. The effort, appreciate the effort. If you cannot appreciate the cooking. <laughs> Honey, I, I really love it when you really, when you really cook, try to cook this stuff. Praise the Lord. You can say that. 
lack of knowledge. Please have a common interest. The Bible is a great common interest. Let me just get a few more minutes of your time. Why, if you don't have a common interest, it's hard to improve that relationship. It, common interest could be something simple like gardening or, or reading a certain book. The Bible is great. Can you imagine? That's why I tell you, friends, please marry somebody who is also deeply rooted in God's word. So there was a seven-year-old who went to his father. You know, uh, how are people made? Why are there so many people? So father, a, a Christian, Bible-believing Christian, that is, said, well, there was Adam and Eve, and they had babies. And people get married, and they have babies. Uh, that, that's how it grew. Then uh, seven-year-old went to mom. Same question. You know what they do? They ask you the same questions. And they say, uh, mommy, how are, how are there so many people? Then mommy says, you see, once upon a time, we were monkeys and apes. <laughs> I see two conflicting perspectives. Then a seven-year-old goes back to dad and says, dad, you lied to me. Mom said it was monkeys and apes. Son, I did not lie to you. I was talking about my side of the family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> see how hard it would be educating children if you don't believe the same things. <laughs> Number four, create the atmosphere of great conversations. Can you say great conversations? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you enjoy listening. Can you say listening? Listening, listening to one another. It means you allow each one to speak. Okay? Of course, more time can be given the woman because she needs more words out. Yes, uh, somebody said, I could not find the exact study. I don't think there are. Uh, but you can try searching the, the, the journals, psychology journals. I haven't found it yet. Uh, but somebody said, men generally use, need to use 25,000 words a day, while women is double that or a little more, 50,000 to 60,000 words a day. So can you imagine if the woman was at home all day talking to no one, and she's hoping, oh, he's coming home, I have somebody to talk to. And then he just used up his 25,000 words at work, and then he's about wants to end and crash in bed, and she's just getting started, right? <laughs> so can you imagine that? You see, gentlemen, husbands, with this knowledge, with this knowledge, you can make the marriage work. So I always tell my wife, so when are you meeting your friends? You should meet them more often. When we came here, I asked, okay, start your Bible study, sweetheart. Start your growth groups. You have several groups of women. And uh, she uses up a lot. And then by the time she's done, actually, I have more words to say when she's done because she used up 50,000 of her words. And I was just getting started with my 25,000. I turned the tables on her. <laughs> okay. But the atmosphere of great conversation is important. Talk about God. Talk about the Holy Scriptures. You know, talk about your lives. Huh? 
Talk about your aspirations. Do you still want to study? What do you want to study? What do you want to learn? It doesn't have to be a degree. It could be a skill. Uh, do you want to learn French, Spanish? Do you want to learn Greek and Hebrew? Um, what do you want to learn? It doesn't have to be expensive. I said to my wife, I want to learn the ukulele. So I bought a ukulele. I already know five songs. Bought it six months ago. So... <laughs> How slow I am with these things. But, you know, I get to share to her. And she gets to share to me. She likes several preachers who are into exposition of the word. And uh, she tells me about them. We build each other in faith. We experience acceptance. We have to encourage one another. Can you say encourage? Bigyan ng lakas ng loob or make them feel good. Mutual support and even sexual fulfillment. But when you talk to each other, learn how to share bad news. Some of us don't know how to share bad news. They share bad news as it is. Your grandmother died. It's just... <laughs> break it down slowly, man. Uh, break it down slowly, you know. So there's one way to break it down. So there was this series of bad events that happened. So... Uh, so husband was far away, working abroad, can't wait to go home. So the head of wife and husband had a wonderful conversation and said, but honey, we have bad news. Okay, 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 what's the bad news? Uh, you know the parrot you bought who already knows how to say hello? Well, he died. Oh, that's sad. But um, he was our greeter, you know? How did he die? Well, apparently he overate. What were you feeding him? No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't me. He overfed with, with the cows because our cows died. <laughs> so, um, our, our cows died? That, that's quite an investment. Y yes, honey. Uh, how did they die? Well, actually, the barn burnt. <laughs> the barn burnt. Yes, honey, the barn burnt. Uh, why did it burn? Well, there was some sparks that came from... from from our house that burned and it went to the barn. <laughs> our, our house got burned? Why did the house get burned? Well, you see, we were, it came from the candles when we were holding a funeral for your grandmother. <laughs> You see, there's a way to break it gently, right? <laughs> you know, you just need a little research and intelligence on how to share bad news slowly, okay? Uh, don't, don't be like every time you see your husband or your wife, <gasps> Mi problema! Can you imagine going home, <gasps> Mi problema! <laughs> you come, we have another problem! <laughs> I am... So my wife learned something that I'm, when I'm tired from work, she has to see first if I have eaten. 
okay? None are easy, ladies, okay? You just, they're sleepy, they're hungry, and they want sex, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, virgin ears here. Uh, so they're, they're very simple. So I say, just make sure I'm not hungry because if I'm hungry and shaking and I'm tired and my mind is used up, I don't have any more juice to, to settle the problem, uh, allow it to wait till next day. And if you need an emotional release, call your friends and have a prayer meeting, okay? So yeah, there she would call her friends, please pray, and she would have her release. So, uh, and she would say, are you hungry or can we talk? I want to discuss something with you. Uh, when? Well, if you're okay tonight, if not, when you wake up. Uh, sensitive about the sleep, right? So I will sleep. So the next day I have eaten, I have slept, and I've had good breakfast. She makes sure I have the breakfast I like. Then she shares the problem. You know, but I knew there was a problem because she's treating me nicely, okay? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and please have a sense of humor. Can you smile, please? Please have a sense of humor. You know, if somebody jokes, please know how to identify a joke. Some of us don't know how to identify jokes. So, yeah, is that a joke? Ah, is that a, a joke? <laughs> Some of us can't identify. So please de develop your sense of humor. It, it's hard, you know, where you, it takes effort to bring a joke. Don't you know that? For some of you, it's natural for you to crack jokes. But please be careful. Some jokes should not cross the line. What's the line? Dishonoring other people. Okay, it should not cross the line. But there are clean jokes that, you know, it takes, it's harder to find the clean jokes. And when we bring a joke, uh, please know, that, identify the joke, right? But I, I understand, sometimes some jokes need a little IQ. And not all of us, <laughs> not all of us may be gifted with, with good IQ. Uh, but have a sense of humor, know how to smile. Uh, know how to smile, know how to laugh at least. And share your own joke. I know you need a little more confidence to crack a joke because it needs a punchline. You know, some people lose the confidence halfway. They're telling a joke and then they lose the confidence. So? Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> so, funny thing is you tell a joke and your spouse gives you a life lesson, right? Uh, honey, it's a joke. You tell a joke. You know something like that happened. Their house burned down as well, and it's a joke. I'm glad that you know it's a joke when I shared the story. You are very intelligent members <laughs> of this church. Uh, and lastly, as I close, solid Deo Gloria. Develop intimacy for the glory of God first. If the aim is to glorify God, then it's not because of her or him first. It's first because of the one who loved us, died for us, and created us. It's for God first. Everybody else is secondary, including our spouse. <clears throat> but because you're doing it for the glory of God, you want to do your best. There is hope for our marriages, and our prayer is that we grow step by step. Now, in one week, both of you discuss, so honey, we've heard the sermon of Pastor Ed. Shall we still separate? Hopefully not. Then you can say, what can we do? At least a small thing. 
And then after one week, another small thing. And after one week, another small thing. And before you know it, there are many things. And before you know it, you have revived intimacy in your marriage. There is hope. And please be patient with one another. You can begin with, sweetheart, be patient with me. You see, the dog you bought died. <laughs> uh, let us all rise and let us pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. We give you glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. We honor you and praise you. We lift up to you up every marriage here and every marriage that would be. We pray that the singles would pray that they would choose wisely. And we pray for the married couples, for us. No one of us is perfect, Lord. Not one. But because of Christ and his power to transform us, we can improve our character. And then we can bless one another in our marriages. And we pray that the intimacy and the fellowship within marriage would grow stronger by the day, by the weeks, by the months, and by the years. Be glorified. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin si Lord.